but I don't want to be bossy. I, I am not bossy. I effectively communicate what I need done because you never know when you're going to speak to the person. You never know when you're going to see them again or if you're going to be like two ships yeah. passing in the night. I would night. say that you're a CD probably more than anything else. Welcome to the Almost Apostolic Podcast. I'm your host, Anissa, and this podcast is designed to share the backstories and the testimonies of beautiful, ministry-minded people. I hope you laugh, I hope you cry, and most importantly, I hope you learn that we are all striving for perfection in an imperfect world as people of faith. So join me every week as I interview a few familiar folks and hopefully some you may not know. been blessed to catch Dr. Pastor, President of Texas Bible College, Eugene T. Wilson, on his only available hour of 2021. This is the last scheduled hour you have available, right? No, but life is busy, but it's not that busy. I always have time to slow down and have precious moments like this with um, podcasts and uh, Anyway, no, all is good. Yes. Okay. So for the people who have no idea who you are, give everyone listening a 20-second overview of your life. Um, I'm, an administ- I'm a minister. I've been a senior pastor, grew up in a pastor's home. I love to fly fish. Um, my wife and I have two children. Um, I have a doctorate in strategic leadership, master's in human relations. My wife is finishing out her doctorate right now in community care and counseling, and um, we love to go and uh, write and travel and speak and uh, we're 100 miles an hour and uh, it's all fun. And you're originally from Indiana, right? Yes, I'm a Hoosier. Oh, right. Born and bred Hoosier. 30 years uh, other than college in Jackson, Mississippi. And uh, then my wife and I traveled to uh, Johnson City, Tennessee and um, and became pastor uh, there. We went down to try out for the church and fell in love with it. And um, very, very small congregation. And we spent almost seven years there. And then we went to Memphis, Tennessee, where I was staff for nine years. And then spent a couple of years traveling before moving to Dallas. And we based out there for a year and a half while I traveled. And then um, to Katy, Texas, where I served as an uh, executive pastor for about five and a half years. And then uh, here at Texas Bible College in the last few months. So, Wow. Busy. Busy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So for today's episode, I want to talk about personalities in the church and their benefits and their hangups because unfortunately we are all imperfect. Um, But I. Some of us more than others. Right. Me more than anyone else on the planet. That's not true. Uh, You sent me the disc test. Yes. And I have been a little too busy to take it. So we're going to take uh, it live right now because I have no idea what my personality is. I know I'm an Enneagram type one. So talk a little bit about that, the benefits and the hangups of a type one. I know we're perfect well, people. I'm not, I'm not an Enneagram expert. You probably are. Oh, okay. My daughter mm-hmm. is really good at Enneagram. Okay. Do you know your Enneagram? Yes, apparently I do because she told me. Okay. And so I, I, I think that I am a seven, but my daughter says that's not true. She says that I am a four, wing five, 
And but she says with a four that there is a very, very narrow aspect of being a four. And she says, I'm that narrow um, little slice of a four. And she says she's the same thing. She reads it to me, and I hear a four, and I'm thinking, we are so not fours. But then she gets into that one little narrow area of a four, and I'm like, oh, that's that's us. Which is crazy, because if we're speaking Enneagram, there's only one number that I do not get along with. I have a friend in every single category, one through nine, except for four. I just. I well, I guess you do now. Oh, well, I guess I do now. So then let's talk DISC. What is the DISC personality test? This personality test is has been around for a long, long, long time. It's um, highly effective. It's used in corporations and businesses all over the world. It's had some of the, in fact, some of the, the top companies in our world uh, use the disc um, profile. Uh, Rick Warren with the Saddleback, um, his church, they do disc. Um, mega churches in Houston um, that I know of right now, that 15, 18,000 people, they will not hire anyone anyone in ministry positions without going through the disc. Um, out of all of the personality uh, tests that are out there, my understanding is that disc actually is. Um, in the top two as being the most effective two years later after you come back and do a test to find out where people are at and how effective was um, this you know understanding of different personalities uh, they say this is in the top two so it's very very effective been around a long time but the this stands for uh, d as a dominant driver i as the inspiring influencer s as the steady supporter and c as the cautious contemplator um, in that i think it's also important to note that no one person is just, you know, I'm all dominant driver, I'm all steady supporter. Instead, we are a blend of all four, but usually what happens is that there'll be two of those that will be a little higher than the other two. Every now and then you'll find three um, that will you know, be fairly high. My son actually is ISC, um, is, uh, they're almost exactly the same between the three. Um, so inspiring influencer, steady supporter, cautious contemplator. But most people are a blend of two that will stand out more often than the others. And of course, then you have another factor too when it comes to understanding your personalities is that a lot of it's also learned behavior. So I know that, for example, myself, I'm not a dominant driver, but because of all the things I do, I function as a dominant driver on a weekly basis. I can get very much in a dominant driver mode. Uh, my wife doesn't like it when I come home and I'm in that mode because I'm, I can be very demanding, very straight, do this, do this, when you get this done. And um, I can be very quick pace. And um, she doesn't like that. She'll, she'll actually look at me and tell me, wait, slow down. I didn't marry a dominant driver. And so she, she struggles with that at times, but you have to get things done. So people who are around me a lot, I've been a pastoral assistant for many years, and um, he declared up and down that I was a dominant driver. Uh, he's not. He's still not convinced. <laughs> but uh, that's not who. I, that's not really who I am. My personality. I am a whole lot more of an I. Um, years ago, when I was young, I had a lot of a C. Um, I could be an I and a C, but um, predominantly an I. But a lot of learned behavior. So let's talk about you. Okay. Are you big picture or are you details? Uh, I think I'm more. Detail. I would like to know the big picture, but I obviously I feel like I need to know the steps toward 
whatever. So which happening. one would you gravitate to personally? Uh, details. Details. Okay. Mm -hmm. Are you more people oriented or are you task oriented? Um, probably task. That's exactly what I thought. Okay. So wait, what do you think I am overall? Like, what do you think? You, you have the makings of leaning towards a cautious contemplator more than anything else. So a cautious contemplator is a, a person who is detail-oriented and they are task-oriented. So you take details and tasks and you have a person who, who asks questions. They want to know. They're very analytical. They want to know. Uh, the why behind things, they analyze things, they're very black and white, there's not a whole lot of shades of gray. Uh, they can tend to be uh, on the side of being critical, but that is not a, necessarily a negative thing. Um, it can also be a positive thing, but they're critical thinkers. Um, they are very, very much about um, making sure that the processes and the systems are in place, that it's right. Uh, they don't really like to be a part of something that's not done right. Uh, they they don't want to be the person who goes out and creates something, but if it's created, they can step in and run and keep it going and very well as long as they are allowed to stay focused on those details and make sure that everything is correct and it's right. Um, along with the you're kind of going kind of going backwards. Uh, usually, I the way I look at it when I think about it is look at a clock, and so you go clockwise. And you start at the top with the dominant driver. And so at the top is big picture. And at the bottom, if you do four quadrants, you have the top is big picture, the bottom is details. And then on the left-hand side, you're thinking about tasks. And on the right-hand side, you're thinking about people. And so at the top, if you have big picture at the top, and then on the left, if you have tasks, that's a dominant driver, big picture, task-oriented. A dominant driver is very opinionated. Um, they're they're straight to the point. They're ready to move forward. Let's get things to get things done. Uh, they're very decisive. Um, they don't mean to hurt people. They're not out to uh, to make enemies, but at the same time, they're not really concerned about feelings. Um, they are so driven by the task that they just think that you know what? If we don't move things forward, we don't accomplish the task then um, what we're doing is worthless. Um, we we got to get the task done. So they will always think task first. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with that. There's a lot of great people that are dominant drivers, but they're, they're just not people-oriented. Um, and a person who is big picture, just like the dominant driver, but instead of task, they're people-oriented, that is what we call an aspiring influencer. And an aspiring influencer is, is someone who is very fast-paced, uh, just like a dominant driver, but they, they're people-oriented, so they, they like to have fun, they like to laugh, they're very animated. Um, they, they can go just on the, the, on the fly, they, they, can, they can go with you know, whatever they need to do. They jump up and speak, they make something happen. They don't have to have a whole lot of planning. They rely on their, uh, their skills and talking and being friendly to people and connecting with people. And so they're, they're known as an aspiring influencer. If you want a biblical character for the dominant driver, big picture, the task, it's Apostle Paul. I mean, he's not afraid to pose the Apostle Peter. Um, he's like, this one thing I do, you know, he's very task oriented. Uh, I'm going to press towards the mark. Again, very task oriented. I, I'm going to go here and totally go, no, I'm going to go here. 
And so he's always moving, always going forward, always trying to accomplish something. And, and the guy wrote the majority of the New Testament. I mean, who better to write the majority of the New Testament than someone who is, you know, very much go, 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 but task oriented. He started a, a lot of churches. Um, he, he trained up a lot of ministers. And so Dominic Driver, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a great skill set. Inspiring influencer, think of the Apostle Peter. Uh, he's very inspiring. He jumps up the day of Pentecost. He's ready to move forward. He's like, hey, I'm going to walk on the water. Um, you know, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He's, you know, he's, he's not afraid to take a chance, not afraid to step forward. These are good traits. They're not bad traits. They're good traits. And uh, who better to preach on the day of Pentecost? You don't want Paul preaching. Paul's going to put people to sleep. So also Peter, he's up there. He's very inspiring. Um, a steady supporter is also people-oriented, but they're not big picture. They're, they're details. So they're, if you're looking at the four quadrants going around like a clock, you're down at your bottom right-hand corner. And so people-oriented, but um, very much of, of details. And so one of the greatest leaders in the world was a steady supporter. His name is Moses. Uh, Moses loved people. He cared for people. Um, you can see that the fact that he's trying to carry the load himself out of a million plus people. He's meeting with people. He's meeting their needs. He's a steady supporter. But he doesn't want to be out front doing all the talking. So he tells the Lord, God, why don't you let Aaron, my brother, be the spokesperson? So he, he's more reserved. He's not as outgoing, but he loves people. And we need steady supporters. Steady supporters, um, they say the average in the, in the population, about 30% of the population stays supporters. More steady supporters than anyone else and very much needed. Um, and then you have the cautious contemplator, which completes uh, the four quadrants, which is the, the very much of details and task-oriented. So I am, um, guess what? What do you think? <laughs> You are the. Let's see if you get it right. Am I more? Am I big picture or my details? Your big picture for sure. Am I task oriented or my people oriented? Uh, people. There you got it. So, I am an I am an inspiring influencer. That's my top trait. So where do they work best in the church? Well, certainly not as an administrator, or or some you know support. Um, um, secretary, office, um, routine tasks, um, detailed follow-up. Um, I'm not the guy. Um, I have I do some of those things because it's learned behavior, but it's not who I you know it drives me nuts. To be honest, I just go I could I, I go crazy if I have to do some of those things. What do you think my wife is? The opposite, exactly what you need. What? <laughs> I don't know them. Do, so do you think my wife is big picture or detail? She's detail. Is she people or task? She's task. Absolutely. She is what you call a um, inspire. I mean, a, a cautious contemplator. Okay. Same as you. So where do we work best in the church? Secretarial work, clerical work? De details. You're not going to want to be out front with a lot of people, but you're going to work really, really great in details. Um, so... In, in back in in uh, Katie, there was someone who is I know um, very well, and not, not just my wife, but someone else that helps us out and staff, and um, she helps us oversee our calendar, oversee our finances, um, 
She's very detailed in all those areas. You don't want me doing that. You want someone who's detail oriented. So it inspiring influencer, that's what we are? Yeah, that's what I am. Oh wait, no. Okay, you are so a cautious contemplator. Cautious contemplator. Okay, so being a cautious contemplator, which one of those, like, okay, so if I'm two, what's the other one? You said you have two driving forces? No, I say usually okay. a person is a blend between a couple of them. You don't think I'm a blend? Oh, I'm sure you are. Okay, what do you think the other one is? Well, you have also, you have some people skills. I you do. like to talk to people. Mm -hmm. you know, but I, I see a lot of the cautious contemplator. Uh, but you also are pretty straightforward with some things, too. So I can see you as a dominant driver, uh, too. And so there, there's a possibility of being a dominant driver. Awesome. You have a lot of dominant driver. Because you can be pretty dominant. But yet you have some people, too. So. But I'm not bossy. Bossy is kind of rude. Boss? Bossy is kind of rude. It just depends. You see, this is the thing, even with the disc. Is that a lot of people will look at it and they'll be like, "Well, I, I don't like that someone, so I don't, I don't want to be that." You'll find like dominant drivers declare, "I'm not a dominant driver. I'm, a, I'm an inspired influencer." Well, there's nothing wrong with being a dominant driver. It's good, and yet there are some negatives. CD, I can handle. It. Okay, so being a cautious contemplator slash dominant driver, what type of like? Counterpart, what type of spouse do I need to make the fool? I need the uh, the other uh, half of that. Well, it, it depends because, like, my wife and I, I'm a smart influencer, she's a cautious contemplator. We are completely opposite, so there's nothing about us from a disc that relates, which is good because you want all four of those in your household, right? Well, yeah, but then sometimes you want people that relate. So, one of my good friends. He is a dollar driver. His wife is an inspiring influencer. So they connect and relate because, in one aspect, because they're both big picture. But they have to surround themselves with people who are detail oriented. Otherwise, they wouldn't get things done. Or what they got done would be the last minute, wear everybody out, and cause a lot of chaos. All right. So if I am a cautious contemplator slash dominant driver, what type of husband? personality do I need to complete our perfect household? Okay, you're probably going to want to marry someone who has got some people skills, people oriented. Um, you know, if you have an eye, like an inspired influencer, the good thing there is that um, you would relate from the D in you, in that it would be big picture. But yeah, you would be able to take care of details that the eye would not be thinking of. So my wife and I, I will talk about things and big picture stuff, and, and then she'll start reminding me of details that I'm not thinking through or things I need to work on. And sometimes that frustrates me because I'm such a big picture. I'm like, I don't want to get bogged down on the details. Um, but at the same time, it's hard to get in your car and go somewhere if you don't have your keys. And so I'll forget where I laid my keys. And she'll be asking, did you get your keys? Did you do this? Did you do that? You got this? Do you have that? And, uh, and I'll get frustrated because it's, it's making me slow down. But slow down helps me. 
So, okay, in my perfect world, I'm married to an evangelist, right? Okay. okay. And so we travel. He yes. needs me to keep his schedule, right? Yes. So this is how it works. He yes. preaches to the people, hellfire and brimstone. And you might need to get the check because we'll and probably lose I it. I will get that check. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. That'll be the first thing. We don't preach without the I check. have lost checks oh. more than one time. <laughs> and so my wife knows now when we get the car, she says, can you have me the check? Because I might lose it. Okay, good. So any inspiring influencers slash steady supporters, please email the show. With money. <laughs> Which is crazy because my very best friend on the planet is an inspiring influencer slash steady supporter. That's why we've been working well together for mm -hmm. over a decade. Um, but I need clearly the evangelist version. So if you're out there and... What other types of, I'm just trying to like get a feel of each of the personalities. Well, let's talk about the, the not so glamorous side of a personality. Maybe the challenges, the things that they struggle with that they need to think about overcoming. All right. So the conscious contemplator. Let's start with the dominant driver. Okay. And work our way around the circle. All right, go ahead. So what do you think might be a negative with the dominant driver? Something that they have to work on to remind themselves? Um, this is making me self-reflect. But probably the um, like the tone. Sometimes I don't really worry about like how it sounds. I just want to make sure that the information is out there. The way my brain works is that every opportunity we have to speak face-to-face -face could be our last. So I want to tell you everything I need you to know because who knows when you're going to get back to me or who knows when we're going to have this opportunity to meet again. So everything is like serious to me. So I'm more about delivering the package than how it gets there. So if you were in a mansless, you would be more lonelized that, you know what, this is your one chance to get saved or get saved today. Yeah. I think I would be preaching like, you know, Hellfire, brimstone, yeah. get saved today. This is your chance. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's you me. And, which would work well. With some people and other people, you could turn them off and they would be like, you know what? I don't really care to hear what you have to say because you don't really care about me. If you cared about me, you would take time to slow down and become a friend to me as opposed to just tell me what you want me to do. And I don't really even know you, so why would I even trust you? So a dominant driver, if if a dominant driver is preaching in the pulpit, um, they will speak to a, a segment of the crowd that will receive, but 75% of the crowd uh, will, will turn off listening. So they need to be able to speak to inspiring influencers, the steady supporters, and the cautious contemplators. If you tell the cautious contemplator, you do this, you do that, you do because I tell you to, uh, you just lost them because the steady, that cautious contemplator is going to want to know what, what are the details, and you haven't answered my questions. A steady supporter, um, in their approach to evangelism, they're going to want to bake a pie, take it over to the neighbor, and get to know the neighbor, which is a wonderful thing, especially if you're dealing with a steady supporter. But having said that, if you don't move beyond the pie and start telling the truth, then what good does the pie do if Jesus comes back and they go to hell? So yeah, you, you need all you need all four. So you are right, um, a, a dominant driver. One of the areas that they need to be careful with is that um, speak the truth, but speak in love. Uh, be kind. Um, you know, the scripture. I mean, there's there's lots of scriptures that talk about being kind. 
I mean, we don't think like that, but the scriptures are full of, of things that tell us to be kind. Um, what about inspiring influencer? What do you think is inspiring influencer means to remember? I don't remember. Think um, about the Apostle Peter. It's inspiring influencer. I don't like when Peter lost his footing, you know, he got mm -hmm. real scurred. So I feel like that maybe they're like one track or inspiring Well, they're so big picture that they don't think enough details. Mm -hmm. And they can jump out there, big picture, and wow, do this. And then there's so many details in it, so they don't really follow suit. Yeah. They don't stay with it. And so they need to remember that, you know what, you, unlike the dominant driver, a, an aspiring influencer needs to remember that sometimes you do need to focus on one thing and do it well. Because they can be so big picture, they're way out there. And so they don't think through the details, is my point. You know, they need to slow down and find what is that next thing I need to do and stay with it. You know, to do it in order to move things forward. What do you think about a, a steady supporter? What might be their struggle? Um, I think a steady supporter's struggle would probably just be like, they're just ready to go no matter what. They're just like, okay, we're ready to party. Who doesn't like No, they, that's inspiring influence. Oh, is it? Okay, yeah, so what's... Party. Think Moses. Okay, let me think. They're shy? I don't want to box them in they like are, they're all shy. No, they are shy. But what did Moses do that wasn't good? <laughs> Moses tried to do it all himself. He was a steady supporter, but he was just trying to carry the load himself. Right. And so a steady supporter would take upon themselves too much. Right. And so they need to like... Spread themselves too thin. Yes, because, they because they're trying to make everything happen. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. And then what would you think a cautious contemplator? Overthinking and uh, not, uh, stepping into like I'm telling you, yes. I got all this podcast stuff months before I even launched this podcast, and it was just collecting dust because I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and all the what ifs overwhelmed yes. me. But um, I just jumped out there, and now here we are with our episode. So your dominant driver part of you was able to overcome the cautious contemplator side of you, and so. you were able to move forward. I think so because I knew that each episode it was just going to be a learning process. So like episode five doesn't sound the same as episode one, just because I'm developing and learning and finding mm -hmm. like my niche. So, but niche, yeah, niche, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so let, let me ask you something. Mm -hmm. and, and I know we don't have a lot of time, but let me, let me ask you something. Go ahead, take your time. Do you find yourself being over, overly, um, critical? Yes. There's not a negative thing you can tell me that I haven't already told myself in the mirror. So, yes. Do you find yourself being a little critical of others? Of others? Do you, do you judge others and like, okay, they should be that way? No, I really try not to. I want every ah, person to. You try not to <laughs> because you do. Well, no, I, I want people to feel comfortable talking to me about things where they know I won't judge them. But I feel like I have the standard of my life, right? And I right. want to be the top. I want to be the best. Right. I want to be number one. So when people aren't doing that and they're telling me like their hangups or their problems and stuff, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why don't you just flip the script and change? I know it's not that easy, but I'm always like, where are the other people? Like, where are their standards? Like, what is going on inside their head that they're not like, I want to be the best too. So I try not to judge or be super critical because... 
these are separate lives, you know, like my life is not their life. So when someone says something to you that could be taken negatively, does that bother you? Um, it depends because I always say the only way to get like truly offended is to one, it has to be the truth. Like it has to absolutely be a true statement. And the second part of that is you have to value the person's opinion. Like if somebody came up to me and was like, you're absolutely hideous. I know I'm not absolutely hideous. So I would not take that to heart. That would not offend me. But if it was like my mother saying, you know, you could really straighten up on this type of thing. I'd be like, wow, I do value my mother's opinion. And um, she does speak the truth in (laughs) love-ish. So that would kind of offend me, I feel like. So when it comes to like being critical or judging, I absolutely try not to because I want to make the other person feel comfortable. There, there are few people that I know I could be like, okay, you need to sit down, straighten up, fly right, and it would be accepted and received. Sure. Those are like my close friends. So now talking about personalities in the church, I'm curious to know like who, which of those personalities make like the best pastor, pastor's wife, like singers and musicians. So let's talk about the pastor first. Which one? Of those four do you think is the best not the best but the most productive pastor inspiring influencers of course oh of course because <laughs> yeah. i'm an inspiring influencer yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really though they make the best no there there is no there's no such thing mm-hmm. um we need all four types within a church uh within a business um I mean, anything, you need all four types of people. And so there's not one particular one that's better than the other. Um, they're, they're all needed and they're all good. Um, but the question is, really is that where is the church or organization or the ministry, where is it at in its life cycle, um, its organizational life cycle? And therefore, what leader or type of leader is needed to fulfill that particular need. So there are times within a church you need a dominant driver to move things forward. But there are other times that you need someone who can really care for people. And so you need an inspiring influencer. And there are times within a ministry that you, you, you're at a stage where that um, you need to support things. You need to really slow down and care for people. I mean, when, when God chose Moses to lead the children of Israel out, he didn't choose a dominant driver. Um, he chose a steady supporter. He is someone who would care for people, and uh, but yet could follow up some details. There were a lot of details, a lot of things that needed to be put into place. So Moses was that guy. Um, on the day of Pentecost, when you know he, he needed someone to step up and preach on the, the, the message of Acts two three eight. Well, who, who's that guy? Who's going to preach that? Well, he, he chose the Apostle Peter. Um, when you need to plant churches and establish things and put things in order um, in the New Testament. Well, who's that guy? Well, that's the Apostle Paul. Um, Thomas was actually what you'd call a cautious contemplator. And he gets a bad name, you know, Dallian Thomas. Of course, that's not even in the scripture. Uh, the fact is, is that Thomas, there was nothing wrong with Thomas. Thomas was wanting to know the facts. He wanted to see things laid out. There are a lot of people in our world who, who see things and want to lay out the facts. So when it comes to finances and putting things in order, well, you need a cautious contemplator. So there are times um, within organizations um, that you need someone who can step up and lead. And the actual type of leader that's needed within an organization is a cautious contemplator, someone who's very much of a critical thinker, very methodical. 
and how they put things together. And, and I can give you names of people in recent history who have stepped in to lead an entire organization who have the personality trait of a cautious contemplator and have done very, very well in leading. Um, but that's what was needed at the time. So it's not really that one is better than the other. It's, it's more of the lines of what is the need for this moment. Um, if a pastor comes up to you and is like, Dr. Wilson, I forgot my Bible. My iPad died. Can you preach tonight? What is your sermon? What's your title? What are you preaching to the people? Well, um, I, took, I, I, I have taken a spiritual gifting assessment, and it's surprising um, not that it comes up as an encourager, because inspiring influencer, encourager. I want to preach something that's very encouraging. What are you preaching about? Faith. Mm -hmm. Most likely overcome trouble. What scripture are you using? What scripture am I using? Um, you know, I, I like the one where Paul, it's in Corinthians, Paul says, uh, I, I've been through a lot, thought for sure we were going to die in Asia, and, um, you know, but yet God came through, and in that process I learned to quit relying on myself, and now I expect God to come through again and again. So that's what you said. I feel like when it comes to sermons, I think because I guess I relate to the dominant driver, I really like Paul, like Paul and his teachings and everything. He's like, mm -hmm. I am scum and I'm better than all of you. <laughs> I really appreciate that because you just never know, you know. So, mm -hmm. um, but I can, I feel like I can handle the message from Peter. Obviously, I practice the message from Peter daily. But Paul and Peter are like my faves. And I think yeah. it's just been like brought to my mind because I have a little bit of like both of their personalities. So, um, all right. So if you could have dinner with three people from the Bible, excluding Jesus Christ, who are you taking out and where are you going to eat? I want to go eat with Paul. I want to go eat with, um, Joseph. Which one? I said Joseph. Joshua. Mm -hmm. Sorry. I want to go with Paul and Joshua. And then I probably would like to go a third one. Would it be maybe a tie between Timothy and Nehemiah? So which one? Only three. Uh, it's a tie. Paul. Joshua. I would want to interview him. <laughs> Where are you That's taking a him? tough one. I don't know. Timothy, I guess. Okay. Timothy would give me the other view or the other perspective in dealing with Paul. All right. Where are y'all going to eat? Probably not Mediterranean food, although I, I eat it sometimes. So I'm probably going to go somewhere else. I'm probably going to get a steak. Okay. Salt grass. Salt grass. That's a good one. Okay, now these are super fast, quick fire questions, right. okay? Quick fire answers. Okay. Early bird or night owl? Early. Coffee or tea? Tea. Pancakes or waffles? If it's my mom's pancakes, pancakes. If it's someone else's, it'd be waffles. I'm picky. <laughs> I like my grandfather's pancakes. She makes my grandfather's recipe of pancakes. But if I'm going out to eat, I would just have, I'd rather have waffles because then I could put cream cheese all over my waffles. Mm -hmm. It's very good. Um, are you a caller or a texter? 
I like to text. I don't, especially since I like people and talking to people. If I get on the phone, it just takes too much time. So I, I'm more likely to text. That's how I feel about texting. Like, as opposed to sending five messages leading up to what you want, if you send, give me a phone call, then we can just skip the pleasantries and then tell me what you need, you know? And if I get into too many text messages, I make a phone call because I don't like long phone texts. Right, okay. Yeah. Are you a flight or road trip type person? I would rather fly. City or country? Country. Would you rather host a party or attend a party? Host. No, attend. Because host means I don't have to do the work. And I don't want to do any work. I'd rather just go and party. Mm -hmm. Casual or dressy? Casual, for sure. Facebook or Twitter? Facebook. Are you on Twitter? Yeah. Oh, okay. Where can people find you on Twitter? I don't even know. So I'm not on there enough. Okay. <laughs> it's actually Dr. 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 Eugene T. Wilson, I think it is. It's on Twitter. So you don't tweet often? No, I used to, but I guess it's, it's just all too time-consuming yeah. for me. I can't write. I can't do the things I want to do if I'm caught up in all that. So I, I get on Facebook uh, just to connect with some people. There's other groups, so I probably spend a little bit more time on it. I try not to even do that a whole lot. All right. I'm not around the people that are highly productive that I admire. And I don't find them spend a lot of time. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I well personally, I like Instagram better than any of it because it's just like pictures and look at my kids and this is what we're doing. Facebook is like super political right now, and so I'm not really into that. Yeah, and I was told a long time ago I'm not cool enough for Twitter, so I just oh, sit there. Cool. You think? Yeah. Oh. Thanks. All right. The most important question of all questions. Do pineapples belong on pizza? Absolutely. You think so? Absolutely. I love Hawaiian pizza. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, thank Pineapple, you. Pineapple, pepperoni. Yeah. How about you? I don't want to say because I don't want to sway my uh, guests either way. <laughs> okay. But I'll, I'll nod or shake my head. At thank the you moment. for having me on today. Okay. I'm just going to ignore it and move on. Thank you so much for being a part of this episode. I like it was productive. I was nervous that I we were. So. I was nervous that we were going to run over each other speaking like we usually do, but we like we worked well together. Yes. Inspiring influencer and same cautious contemplator, Dominic Driver. Thank you so much for being a part. Hasta luego. God bless. That's all for this episode of Almost Apostolic. If you enjoyed yourself, please do us a favor and leave a review. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And until then, thank you for listening.